And we are live. Welcome, everybody, to the Smart Building series. This is our last webinar in 2019. So thank you very much for joining today. Really appreciate it. Um, and actually, we're discussing um, a relatively uh, interesting new topic, um, and that is biocentric lighting. Well, new to, uh, to some, um, not to others, like, for example, our guest today. Charles uh, Lurgren from um, Brainlit, and I'll ask him to uh, introduce himself in a little bit. Um, and basically, what today is about is um, is some slides um, and an introduction from Charles about um, what his company is up to in this emerging field of lighting for health and well-being, and what could potentially be the impact um, that lighting can have on making our buildings healthy. So I hope you guys enjoy it today, and of course. Um, we are both available for questions. Um, the way you can ask questions is just to type them in. I'll receive them here and then I'll be able to put them to trolls or indeed if you have any questions for myself, um, then uh, we can answer them after the presentation. Um, and then finally, I just want to say that you can subscribe to all of our content now on both YouTube and SoundCloud and even iTunes. So feel free to go and subscribe on those channels. And if you just search for Smart Building Series or Memory, um, then you should be able to find us. Um, and feel free to leave a review as well. That would be great. It would really help us out. So let's get on with uh, today's presentation. Um, Trolls, welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yes. So. Uh... Uh, good morning and or good afternoon, <laughs> everyone, depending on where you are. Uh, so my name is Trulis Lerian. I am the Chief Technical Officer at Brainlit. Um, my background, I would say, is um, LED development in um, um, based on nanotechnology. So I've been working in, in that and the startup environments for, for about 15 years. Different parts of the world. And uh, I'm originally from here, Lund, Sweden, and this is uh, where I'm now back. Um, <clears throat> so today I'll be talking about biocentric lighting and how it can benefit health through individual, sorry, through lighting for the individual. So um, natural outdoor light environments are vastly different from the artificial indoor light environments that uh, where we spend more than 90% of our time. Humans um, in our current form have existed on Earth for some 10,000 generations. And 9,995 out of those we spent outdoors, where you can have as much as 100,000 lux on a clear sunny day. Only, only the last few generations, we humans spend, spend our time predominantly indoors, uh, where we are lucky if we receive more than 300 lux. And this is mentioning just intensity, which is one out of many parameters that are different comparing indoor and outdoor light environments. If you compare spectral distribution of natural daylight with traditional fluorescent indoor office lights, these look completely different. At the same time, the appearance of two light sources with these two spectral distributions 
may very well look the same from a visual perspective. Although from a spectral perspective, they look quite different. So this has to do with how the human visual system works. <clears throat> we know from back in school that the retina has photosensitive cells. Uh, they're called rods and cones, <clears throat> where the cones exist in three different types, each of them sensitive to a certain color or wavelength, wavelength range. As long as these different photosensitive cells are stimulated the same way by a light source, it will be perceived as the same color and intensity. In the early 2000s, there was a discovery that was groundbreaking for how we look at light and its importance to human physiology. It seems it has, on an intuitive level, always been understood that natural light play a big role for us humans. Uh, but what this discovery did uh, was that it explained the mechanism behind it. So there is a third type of photosensitive cell in our retina that is called the intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cell. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's a difficult name, but that's how it is. So what is interesting other than its existence is that it couples directly to the suprachiasmatic nucleus in the hypothalamus in our brain. So that's another couple of difficult words. But <clears throat> what it does is that it impacts the production of hormones in our body. So it does not go to the image interpretation part of our brain. And therefore, it does not play a role in our vision. So instead, through impact on hormone production, the signal from the retinal ganglion cell helps synchronizing our body's circadian rhythm or sleep-wake cycle. This is governing the 24-hour periodic processes going on in our cells and controls the immune system, blood pressure, body temperature, metabolism, and so on. We also know that circadian misalignment is correlated with many long and short-term functional disorders and diseases. So circadian misalignment, it means when your internal body clock is not in sync with your surroundings. <clears throat> so the discovery of this mechanism was awarded the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2017. There is today emerging products and systems uh, that aim to play on this mechanism in order to benefit human well-being. And commonly it is referred to as human-centric lighting or HCL. What is important to understand is that um, just as the rods and the cones are sensitive to different aspects of light, such as spectrum and intensity, the retinal ganglion cells are sensitive to another set of light properties. So light that look the same from a visual perspective may have very different impact on the non-visual light sensitive system. <clears throat> For the circadian system, the timing and the duration of light exposure 
also have different implications than for the visual system. And there exist both long and short time constants in the system. <clears throat> uh, what you would like from a solution is the ability both to have a large impact on the circadian system and to be able to have a very small impact, but still provide light. <clears throat> Uh, these, these aspects are important to keep in mind when considering solutions and products. And uh, many of the human-centric lighting products available tend to focus on one or a couple um, of these parameters, but very few address all. Many light descriptions used in human-centric lighting today are visually relevant properties and not circadian impact relevant. There are many reasons for this. New metrics to describe impact on the circadian system becomes complex for the end user and require more than the average understanding of light and bio biology. Uh, there is today not a unified view on what is the correct, correct metrics to use for this. With biocentric lighting, the user receives light that is simultaneously tailoring spectra, intensity, distribution, timing, and duration, duration, specifically to the circadian light-sensitive system. We call it light for health, uh, in contrast to light for sight. What is also more and more understood about the non-visual light-sensitive system is that impact of light on health varies from individual to individual, and these variations range from lens transparency and hormone levels changing through life to the pronounced spread in what impact <clears throat> specific light has on the response of the melatonin level. The melatonin level response to light could vary by 100x depend between individuals. So light impact, and likely light exposure needs are individual. Biocentric lighting is a lighting system where light recipes prescribe what each luminaire emit at each point in time. With biocentric lighting, health parameters are monitored to evaluate the impact biocentric lighting has on users and feeds this back to the system for continuous tuning of the light recipes. Although the focus here is clearly health, uh, one cannot create a system to benefit health aspects and forget about appearance and comfort. The health perspective is not replacing these traditional perspectives in light design, it's just, it's just adding another one. The light environments need to look good and it needs to be comfortable because indirectly this also impacts how you feel. So anything else would be counterproductive to the purpose. From a light property perspective, one important such factor for aesthetics is color rendering. Whether you choose to describe that by CRI or something else, color rendering has a big impact on how you perceive an environment, colors, food, fabric, and other people. A very important property from the ergonomic perspective is flicker <clears throat> and their ieee 1789 is a tough and useful guide 
we know that flicker could be detrimental to people's health and it is very important to control keep in mind that if you set out to improve health all aspects of your light environment should be healthy <clears throat> With biocentric lighting, we try to make life easier for the end user by composing technology and knowledge into a solution ready to use. In the biocentric lighting system, each building block is designed based on the properties of light relevant to the circadian light sensitive system. Some learnings that we have done during the years we provided biocentric lighting is that habits and expectations are very strong driving forces. When a biocentric lighting system is taken into use, a common reaction is that it is a lot of light. So this impression wears off very quickly though. And two weeks into the experience, it seems almost everyone got used to it. In some situations, user were users were left without biocentric lighting at a later point in time, when their company moved or they changed job or something like that. The clear message that we, we hear from these people in those situations is that they don't like to lose biocentric lighting once they had it. The ambition we have is to increase accessibility for each and every one through packaging in comprehensive solutions by standardizing light for health in a concept that, uh, that dynamically incorporates science and new technology. Uh, building automation systems tend to be more and more complex the more advanced they become. <clears throat> By avoiding building oneself into proprietary limiting platforms and communication protocols, and instead pursue dynamic, scalable, easily integratable structures, one can significantly lower the adoption threshold, and at the same time create more value at lower cost for the end user. We should refrain from putting the equal sign between advanced and complex, and we should break out of the building automation silo perspective. Addressing these topics are not fundamental for biocentric lighting concepts, but it's fundamental for how Brainlit is taking on the challenge uh, with our IT and telecom heritage. <clears throat> and it is fundamental for the way, way we operate and the way we do business. <clears throat> the industry shift to lighting for health is coming. <clears throat> All the logic is there. The question is rather how fast and how strong. <clears throat> Crossing the, the chasm requires both lowering thresholds and boosting value propositions. Making 20% savings on energy consumption is great, but a 20% decrease of sick leave has a completely different leverage and impact on the bottom line. Although that is not the only driver, it's a simple, straightforward and universal one. <clears throat> but it requires ROI, and ROI requires quantification of impacts. Quantifying the impact of light, it, of the light it provides, is a core functionality of the brain biocentric lighting system. To brainlit mass adoption of biocentric lighting 
is a purpose in itself and it is core in our mission. <clears throat> so thank you for listening. I hope I have managed to uh, influence you positively on the importance of light for health. <clears throat> and if you are in the business as well, I hope I managed to strengthen your conviction to go down this path together. Thank you again. Great, thanks Charles. And um, as I mentioned before, we've now got, we've got plenty of time to uh, take questions. So I guess that could be about uh, some of the, the science that we just looked at there, or more specifically, of course, about the market, the opportunity, uh, what Brainlet are doing, um, how this is all developing, how it might integrate with other building systems. There's there's a lot really uh, to take in here. So, um, so yeah, please please put your questions in. Charles, we um, we have one question come in here for you. Um, mm -hmm. ah, an interesting one. Um, how important um, is this kind of solution for countries that have already have plenty of daylight? So, do, so yeah. I guess you know you you see this as more sort of having more impact in let's say northern European countries, for example. No, that's a very relevant question and, and one that we that we get quite often. <clears throat> so the thing is, uh, I mean, the, the the value of this is is pretty obvious in the Nordic countries. But the th uh, we spend as much time indoors in other countries, and when you spend time indoors in very warm countries with a lot of sunlight. You tend to um, you tend to block out the sunlight because the sunlight heats up your your office, and then you need to use a lot of cooling to uh, to reduce uh, the temperature. So so you don't actually get much light in your office in those countries as well. So um, um, it is I would say equally relevant. Uh, independently on where you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I've got um, I've got quite a few questions as well for you. Um, uh, and I mean, actually, some sort of more about um, you know some of the value propositions behind this. But actually, I think it'd be easy to start um, with some of the first slides that you showed. Um, and of course, you know, talking about some of the the health aspects, um, and I noticed you mentioned, for example, this this concept of circadian misalignment. But I'd be interested in sort of how, um, you know, how how the, the light benefits us from that perspective. So, um, what what does that really look like? I mean, if just from a personal point of view, is is this kind of like going to help us, for example, sleep better, or you know, regulate our the way that we our focus and concentration? Could you perhaps talk a bit about that? Yeah, uh, sure. So um, when when you when you impact uh, something like health, it's always tricky to <clears throat> to uh, narrow that down. Right, mm. and um, uh, actually, the 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 primary factors that we impact and that we can also measure the impact on is sleep quality, <clears throat> and this is also uh, very expected since um, 
what this light exposure does impact uh, in the first in the first order is the production of melatonin and cortisol so melatonin and cortisol varies naturally <clears throat> in a 24-hour cycle but if we don't get enough daylight during the day uh, the contrast between on and off um, gets diluted and the thing is uh, the melatonin should be as low as possible uh, during the day and it should be as high as possible at night so by exposure to the right kind of light during day you uh, you close um, the melatonin production and you get a very low level during the day and this uh, this helps uh, the onset of the melatonin level uh, at night and that makes you sleepy and helps you to sleep well uh, during the night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I. 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 I get that. So. So. Really. Yeah. It. It should really, on the individual level, help you maintain this kind of sleep well wake cycle. Absolutely. And therefore, be be more productive. Um, so. So it's not the. the oh, sorry. sorry. It, it's not the only factor, um, but it is the the most dominant factor. What we do. Um, uh, social interaction, for example, is another factor that plays a role. So <clears throat> we shouldn't have social interaction and light exposure too late uh, in the evenings. Uh, we should reduce those uh, um, to prepare ourselves for, uh, for sleep and to improve the sleep quality. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. We've got some more questions coming um, for you. Uh, one which is um, quite technical, but let's see how let's see how we can um, answer this one. Um, what are the control parameters from the building automation system that need to be adjusted um, from the DALI node in a tunable white light system um, to deliver a time of day uh, for, for example, a factory worker at, at, at night time? Um, do you do you get that one? Are there, so I, I guess what they're getting at there is like what elements are need to be adjusted in the light within the the light system to be able to mimic a specific type of day. Um, yeah, um, I think I, I get the question. Uh, <clears throat> it's not straightforward to answer because it's not only about the control system. So the control system is is one very important uh, component of um, of a light solution for health. Equally, or more important uh, parameters or modules or components are the luminaires, but also <clears throat> the sensors play a vital uh, role in this. So. Assuming you have uh, luminaires that can provide the light that you need, uh, it needs to be dynamic luminaires because you need to be able to change uh, spectral composition and intensity. And you need to have, preferably, you, you should have different type of luminaires with different light distribution <clears throat> to be able to um, achieve different light distributions in your environment. Uh, 
So, um, so really it's about spectral and intensity control and to be able to do that um, in, uh, in any point in time at all times. Mm -hmm. If we put it like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, a question here, actually, I was going to ask sort of a bit about um, uh, statistics and data. Um, are, are there, do you have any data on how much your product is going to increase uh, productivity or how you would measure that if if even? I mean, so, for example, I mean, I was interested there when you talked about value proposition um, in terms of like number of sick leave days. Have you guys been able to do any analysis of of, of what? Of how, of how you've saved um, sick leave time uh, days off. Yeah, we uh, we have done that, and uh, um, making studies <clears throat> for us is is a uh, is a cornerstone of of what we do, and that includes both studies to to look at the health parameters, but also studies to look at how we influence the the financial bottom line and and the operation of of uh, companies and, and other type of customers. Um, as uh, the difficult thing with answering this is that all of this is not official and we do some, <clears throat> some uh, studies that, um, that I can't talk about completely, but we do see significant decrease in, in um, sick leave uh, with several of our customers. Um, and this, of course, it, it changes with the type of environment that you're in, what you can, you talked about productivity, for example, and in mm. some situations or in some kind of um, operations, productivity is an easy factor to, to measure. Uh, in, many, uh, in many situations, it's a very tricky parameter to measure. Yeah, no, agree, agreed. Yeah, certainly in knowledge-based companies, it's very difficult. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, but sick leave, sick, uh, sick leave is a parameter that we that we have multiple times been able to show improvements in. Okay. No. Yeah. No. No. Great. Um, and then, may I guess, um, once you're able to publish this information, then people will be able to get it from your website, or maybe you'll put it on um, a, some scientific journal or something like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, question here, um, what are the receptors in the human body that benefit from the non-sight spectrum of light? Is it also the eyes or would, um, would that be skin as well? Well, skin uh, has plays another role in, in relation to light where you have uh, vitamin D from <clears throat> exposure to UV light. But uh, what we talk about here and the circadian impact—it's—it's uh, it's basically the uh, the cells in the, in the eye that is that are the relevant ones. Mm. So, in in other species, there is uh, there is other cells in other parts of our body that that may pay, play a role, but this is not completely um, uh, understood at this point. Okay. Yeah. Um, question here as well um does your system emulate uh, natural sunlight um 
I would say yes, but it depends on what you mean by natural sunlight. Mm. Uh, because uh, natural sunlight has a very wide uh, spectral distribution. Mm. It has a uh, um, strong UV emission. It has strong infrared emission. So we don't mimic all aspects of natural daylight. We mimic the part of natural daylight that is relevant to to benefit your health and well-being. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there are so one of, of it that you don't particularly exactly, and yeah. and it's it's really one one of the the tricks here is to understand which which aspects of natural daylight are significant and which are not. Yeah. Uh, another question here for you. Um, do you tune this your system um, differently depending on the type of building that it's installed in? So, for example, um, would a school be tuned differently to a hospital or to a factory with um, people working a night shift? Um, yes, we do. Uh, we don't have one. Um, we don't have a one-fit-all uh, solution. So uh, we adapt to um, yeah, what kind of environment it is <clears throat> and what kind of activity you have in that environment. So, so for an example, we have a, an installation in the neonatal ward in a hospital in Sweden. And there you have very different groups of, uh, of users. You have the the um, you have the, uh, the the newborns that are very sensitive users. You have the personnel <clears throat> that needs to have significant light to to work well or function well, and then you have uh, parents that come and visit. So um, in that case, we need to have a system that that can adapt to all of those different scenarios with one and the same system. So that puts very high demands on, on the dynamic range of, uh, of the light properties in a system like that. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? Because it's, uh, it's quite a complicated environment in terms of being able to meet the needs of very different types of uh, users in that, in that sense. Yeah. Um, it is right, and and yeah. and yeah, and and you have the the. I mean, you could almost not imagine uh, more sensitive uh, users than, um, yeah, new prematurely born yeah. children. Right. Yeah. Mm. One thing in in your presentation, I also picked up on when you talked about habits. I thought that was very interesting. So, you, you know where that it takes that you found that it, it took time for people to get used to this but but once they had they actually missed it when they left i mean could you could you talk a little bit more about the work that you did there was that was that based on um a specific um installation that you had um and you did some kind of survey did you of, of how people had found the experience um uh, it's rather an experience that we collect from from all our uh, our installations and our with all our customers because it one important part of what we do is is to spend time uh, with the customer after installation is done 
to really understand how they use the system and uh, what they like and things that they may want to change. And and uh, and to understand their experiences. Um, we also do surveys and 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 studies, but but this is a more uh, something that we pick up from just uh, communication with uh, with our customers after installation. And uh, this specific thing that I mentioned here is uh, something that we see quite frequently. I would say that <clears throat> that when a system is taken into into use, uh, there is usually a small group that that um, see this as oh it, it's much brighter than they are used to and yeah and basically just a few weeks later a couple of weeks they that impression is completely gone mm. Mm. okay and um actually it, it, it relates to uh, the previous slide can we can we go back to the last slide that you showed this one yeah, here. this this I thought was very interesting. I mean, I mean, as some as sort of we're a company that that discusses a lot about you know integration of different building systems and um, mm -hmm. you know I so I think some of these concepts you're talking about here um, are quite interesting and don't just apply to you know to lighting. But I I thought I was more interested in you know your your um, impressions of kind of commercial real estate commercial buildings and i mean have for example you been asked to install this in uh within you know like a wider context of like perhaps a company that is doing this kind of human-centric lighting and then other types of um uh, system let's say to manage for example air quality or or even you know basic temperature and all that kind of thing what 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 have what have you noticed or come across um yeah well we 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 have done that uh repeatedly um so in the building that we are sitting for example that's uh, <clears throat> uh 13,000 square meter and that's like 130,000 square feet i think um um so um office space with uh, there's like uh yeah, maybe 20 different companies sitting here <clears throat> and they have different operations all of them and uh, um, and there's uh, air quality systems uh, there's uh, automatic curtains for uh, or blinds and there's uh, yeah um, a whole lot of those things going on here but uh, could you um, could you elaborate a little bit on your yeah, question? Yeah, sure. No, yes, of course. Sorry. Um, no, I, I just was interested in. So, for example, this this you know the building you're in that you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. it, what is sort of the level of sophistication of integration? So, for example, mm. um, you know, with with your system, yes, it does one specific. It does this specific thing of of, of biocentric. Um, lighting mm -hmm. but then also is there some wider control where you can also like if you know simply if there's nobody in the room you don't want the lights on are they turned off yeah that, yeah uh, so 
I mean, uh, we we only talk about uh, light here, and uh, but in that context, we also talk about sensors and uh, <clears throat> and uh, more specifically health sensors. But uh, that's just one kind of sensor that that we use in our system. So to start out with, there are sensors for occupancy, for outdoor lighting, uh, or outdoor. Um, uh, light conditions and um, a lot of different things um, in there as well <clears throat> and we use those to make sure that that we don't light up any areas where there's no people um, but we also integrate the system for for example with um, with a fire alarm system so if there's a fire alarm going off here the entire system, the entire building is uh, shifting in between cold white and warm white. So it's it's very apparent when when something like that happens. Mm, okay, that's fascinating. So and and you... I think there is I think there's a lot of potential uh, to do much more and in, by integrating these systems. And uh, we are really just done. I mean, we are very we're actively seeking to do that, but um, we also notice that it's not always so easy to, uh, yeah, uh, not ev not all syst uh, building automation systems are as willing to integrate with others um, as we are. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've written for quite a few years about and, um, you know, if anyone's interested, they can go on the memory website and and read about it. Yeah, I mean, integration is a, is a is a big topic, and and I can certainly see how this how you know your type of system, biocentric lighting, human centric lighting, whatever you want to call it, fits into you know um, a, a bigger picture. So, uh, um, I think that's fascinating, um, and um, I can I can see that you know together, of course, you know, it will there will there'll be more value for for the end user. Um, and again, Absolutely. that sort of it sort of drew me towards um, on the slide we're looking at, you know, where you're this pyramid where you're talking about uh, one times utility, ten times real estate, hundred times people. Maybe you can elaborate that a little bit. I mean, I, I think that you are you talking about the value that it provides to these different. Um, yeah, rather, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't really clear. I can see that now. But uh, so this is describing the costs. In a, in a typical company and how they are divided between um, <clears throat> different parts uh, of the operations. So people is by far the most expensive and most valuable resource in a company. Uh, real estate is somewhere in the middle and then utilities such as energy uh, consumption is only just <clears throat> a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Okay. So of course, any um, any impact on people that we can have then is is uh, of course more valuable to the the organization. Um, has more impact. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Something else you mentioned in your presentation um, towards the end was this sort of breaking out of building automation silos. I get, again, I thought I picked that out. I thought that was super interesting. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to elaborate. Um, on that if if you can is that something then that you've you've noticed i mean you mentioned that integration with fire that you've done mm -hmm. i thought that was super interesting but but i mean are mm -hmm. you coming across 
examples where you're not able to do things because of this problem of not, you know, things being so data being siloed, for example. Yeah, um, certainly. And uh, it, it's something that we are, uh, it's it's a development that we are all the time driving to try to, to integrate as much as possible. Mm. And, and to be able to use sensor data from from other systems to for the entire building to be to be um to operate more intelligently mm. uh, and it doesn't make sense i mean in, in melon buildings you see that there is multiple multiple occupancy sensors in the same room because they they belong to different uh, building automation systems <clears throat> and this is something that we really want to get away from and uh, and try to to facilitate that development and uh, yeah it's a perspective that we have and uh, and we hope that um, yeah the building automation in general will move quick in that direction because it it adds a lot of value basically mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's again something that we've uh, that we've we've talked about um, uh, I think that well we can we can keep our fingers crossed anyway it's a whole a whole other <laughs> uh, conversation maybe a whole other webinar but um yes definitely yeah um i uh, someone has recommended um a book for everyone out there it's called um health mm -hmm. and light by johan ott published 1973 so there's some if anyone i guess wants more reading on this subject then about health and light then uh, then check that yeah. out jo johan ott published 1973 um, that's interesting it may yeah. it, it, i i doubt it's it speaks a lot about circadian rhythm since that was not uh discovered at that at that time right or at least the the the, the light mechanism and impact mm. yeah um i mean in, in terms of um you know, not just obviously we've we've discussed light a little bit. We've discussed some of the other, or I thought maybe you might want to mention some of the other environmental impacts. And I mean, is there have I mean, is, have you seen any research on, for example, like uh, lighting plus um, air quality um, plus temperature? I mean, is is are you seeing all of these different aspects coming together? Um, and um, you know, so I mean, do we do, for example, do we have a picture now of what like an ideal work environment looks like? Uh, I think we're we're much further when it comes to uh, things like air quality. It's been around longer time, um, and yeah people have been aware of it longer i think uh, i think uh, uh light uh, light needs um, needs to develop much further <clears throat> yeah uh, to to catch up um i think we have a, a fairly good idea but i think there's it's still there's still new things to learn and and light for health is a is a quite young field for from a science perspective, and um, and we need to learn even more. But I think we have, I mean, you could al always argue that we sh you should know everything before you before you uh, before you produce a solution. 
but I think it's important to understand that we we know enough to to know uh, what is much better than uh, than the light that we used to have. Uh, so I think we should develop those systems, and at the same time, we should drive uh, the science forward in this area. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, interesting follow-on question to that, actually, and one that popped into my head. Um, I've certainly noticed a trend towards um, like personalization of of, of environment. Um, mm -hmm. So, I, for example, we've seen um, some vendors bring to the market like apps for phones where you can um, perhaps customize your environment a little bit. Um, in that in that context, can light also be personalized? Yes, in, in and, uh, yeah, I I didn't push on that uh, very much in in these uh, in this presentation, but the biocentric lighting is is actually light that is tailored to the individual's needs. <clears throat> so in that, you need to understand uh, how different people. Uh, react differently to different types of light mm. and to really tailor uh, tailor your light recipes to match an individual's needs and then to be able to provide that light uh, to the individual preferably without um, the user or the individual having to ask for it specifically mm -hmm. or not necessarily to push any buttons at least mm. So, so um, individualization is is a very important factor in in light for health. Mm, okay. Yeah. And no. I, I, Go on. Sorry. No, I, I mentioned uh, or I, I show one uh, study briefly in one of the slides, but uh, but it gets very very technical if I mm. dive into those uh, studies too much. But yeah, but but it shows that there is a big spread in how in how individuals respond to the same lights. Right. Okay. Yeah. And we need to take that into account. Yeah. Um, someone's actually asking, how would you determine the differences between individuals' lighting needs? Um, but again, does that? I guess that gets quite complicated, does it? It does, but but I mean, it's a it's a combination of of knowing the the, the theory behind it. So, and it, that has to do with chronobiology, for example. Um, and uh, by knowing that background, but then also measure directly. The impact that you do um, together that uh, that allows you to start to understand how different people respond to to light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, a couple of uh, questions from me actually uh, that I was interested in. Um, really, in terms of like building type vertical. I mean, have you guys in the work you're doing have, have you identified um, a, a you know specific type of building where that you're focusing on where you think that you can add the most value so for example is that hospital is that offices is that schools and what have you have you formed an opinion on this um we have uh, i mean we focus on <clears throat> we focus on on office buildings on on healthcare 
um, manufacturing. Uh, but we, we also find that educational uh, uh, type of buildings is very, very interesting. Um, <clears throat> I would say that the only thing that we don't focus on is residential. Mm. Um, so that's always, it, it's always a balance between different aspects, right? You can, you can argue that you would make, <clears throat> make the most impact with maybe at a daycare center because you have kids that are, yeah, that, that are going to yeah, spend a lot of time in, in daycare and in schools and they're young. And if you can have a beneficial influence on their health, that's going to be really important for the rest of their lives. But at the same time, you, uh, you need to take into account what, how, how, how the decision process is, is and the buying process is done in these different areas. Um, so there's always a balance between those. And, and what different stakeholders are, are part of the buying decision is also uh, things that influence uh, which areas you focus on. Well, yeah, um, budgets are different, aren't they? I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can, I can see, I mean, what, what, so yeah, in a way it's kind of two questions, isn't it? Like there's one which is the commercial opportunity, i.e. the, yeah. and also then the, the opportunity to have the most impact they're probably not not the same but um unfortunately exactly i mean ideally they would be the same but uh but it's you need to look at both factors and and balance things and <clears throat> but but it's also an an evolution i think i think uh, as aware awareness increases about this i think this will also shift uh yeah uh, where you can apply this uh, right, and I think you mentioned earlier in your presentation about, um, well, I guess kind of like standardization. I'm, I'm assuming as you you would think as this as this matures, right? There's going to be a more unified view of what biomet biocentric or or human centric lighting is, and um, and how it should be applied, and um. And I guess the industry will have to come to an agreement on that at some point. Yes, I, absolutely. And uh, that's something that we actively uh, drive. Mm -hmm. Did you think that's, uh, that's coming soon or is that some uh, a little way off soon still? I hope so. I hope so. Um, I think it's important. Uh, otherwise, it, it'll dif it's, it's difficult today uh, for the end user to, to make decisions and uh, and to know what's best. Yes, so, uh, yeah, so I hope so. so. Yeah, because I mean, it is clearly a complicated subject, right? So uh, you know, yeah. anything we can do to simplify it for and users is, is a good thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, uh, just to the audience out there, we've got a few minutes left. So if there are any um, final questions for Trolls or myself, then uh, please uh, type them in. Happy to take them. Um, finally, for me, I mean, we did some work on looking at like market potential for this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I thought we, it's certainly something which is, you know, in terms of like commercial opportunity, still quite nascent, um, the global mm -hmm. market anyway. But we thought, you know, mm -hmm. potentially like the growth opportunities, very significant. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you share that opinion? I mean, sorry, probably a bit of a layout question, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of like how your business is evolving or how you've seen, you know, the number of yeah. clients that are coming to you or, you know, what's your, what's your uh, I would say at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, we're getting a lot of traction and, uh, um, we see the numbers rise quite quickly. And I think that the, uh, we're kind of at the point where, where people are contacting us for, uh, so we, we start to see a market pull mm. um, because awareness is, is picking up and yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so I share, um, we're actually, I mean, I think that the, the, the common um, assessment of the market size is rather um, a bit too conservative, I would say, mm, okay. even though they represent quite a substantial growth. Mm-hmm. And would you say, I mean, in terms of what you're getting involved with or what you've seen, um, I mean, are we still in... Uh, in terms of you know what the end user is asking for are we still in like the pilot testing phase or are we now or are you seeing more kind of like bigger installations and where there isn't you know they've kind of accepted that this is uh you know this this doesn't need this isn't a concept anymore or where where are we well i would certainly say that we passed that so this is no concept anymore this is a full rollout solution Oh and, right, uh, no, no, I, did, I yeah. didn't mean from like in terms of your system. I, I meant like when you yeah. an, an end user. So, so if I draw yeah. an analogy, like um, we also cover um, occupancy analytics like systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that in 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 a similar way, it's quite like a new or for the last four or so years, it's been a new concept. And what we've seen is like people who own office space have have sort of one of the first things they've done is like maybe apply it just to one floor in their office and and then test mm-hmm. see what see what they're getting out of it have you seen yeah. end users take a similar approach or or and a, or are they now moving towards saying no let's you know let, let's put this into our new buildings totally so i would say that that's uh that's a bit mixed it's about 50 50 maybe mm-hmm. okay so uh so I think it is uh, important for us to be able to provide uh, a small installation that can then be uh, expanded to the entire building. Uh, but we also see, uh, like the one we're sitting in and, and several other big offices in the area here, uh, that it's, uh, it's a complete rollout from, uh, yeah, from start. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so uh, bo- both. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a question here: um, Have you um, have you sort of made any moves into the U.S. market, or do you have partners there? So, is is there any? Do you have any um, experience of what what's happening in the U.S.? Is it is it behind Europe, ahead of Europe? Um, yes. I mean, we have a we have a U.S. office uh, in in New York City. So we are um, expanding mm-hmm. uh, there, and we have installations in uh, in Asia as well. 
So, uh, I mean, up, up until now, we have focused on Nordics, but now we are expanding in, in several other directions. So, <clears throat> um, well, I mean, I think that the, the market so far is slightly smaller in US, um, as I, if, if, I, if I have the correct data on that, but, uh, but similar. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the difference is, is that big. It, it may catch up or, or, or Europe may, uh, may lead a little bit. Uh, I think that that could shift, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. in a short time period though. So Good. I think both are, both are strong growing uh, markets. Yeah. Okay. Then that kind of brings us to um, a natural end, I think. I mean, and if people did want, like, let's say if someone's in the US and they were interested in finding out more about Brainlet, mm-hmm. uh, where can they email you? Can they find you on absolutely. social media? What's yeah, the absolutely. Uh, so I think e- either way. So we have a, I mean, we have a, a US company and uh, a US site. So I am not sure I can, from the top of my head. Well, <laughs> um, so Oliver is our um, um, president in the U.S. office, um, and um, you can easily find it on on our webpage. His yeah. contact, uh, and that's or go uh, through our information. That's brainlit. Dot uh, se right. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Dot com. Okay, um, and just to finish off, uh, everybody who's been listening, um, we've been recording this, so I'll be able to, I will be putting it up on our website. You'll be able to um, find the recording there. That's both um, both a video and also an audio recording. So um, feel free to share it with your colleagues. Um, that would be great. Um, so really, just remains me to say thank you, Charles. Really appreciate you taking the time today to discuss what you've been up to and and you know explain this this biocentric lighting concept to us um thank you very much uh well thank you uh, a great opportunity to to uh to work to spread uh biocentric lighting to everyone so yeah. i really appreciate that so you're welcome and uh, uh yeah go on sorry have a nice christmas and have a nice christmas and, and holidays yes right yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas to everyone, and of course, um, Happy New Year! See you in the New Year um, in January. We'll have we'll have an, our first um, Smart Building Series webinar in January. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Bye.